All right, let us pray. Father, we thank you for this evening. Thank you for the young people you have brought here. Thank you, Father, for the strength you have given us. Thank you for the mercies we have received. Thank you because you have something in mind for our lives. Thank you for your plans for us. Thank you because you made it possible for us to come. Thank you for showing us your compassion. Lord, we thank you and we bless your holy name. Praise you because we know that you are holy, you are righteous, you are worthy. We thank you because your power is still the same. We thank you because heaven and earth will fade, they would roll away, but your word will remain the same. Thank you, Father, because forever your word is settled, it is settled in heaven, and I believe it is settled in our lives also. Thank you for the young people who are not here that you would bring. Thank you for your wisdom in arranging this meeting. Thank you because you will speak to me, you will speak to them, you will speak to all of us. Thank you because of the freshness from heaven that will come. We give you all the thanks in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask asking for your blessing upon this meeting today. And we ask you to please teach us from heaven and help us to go home, help, go home charged, go home renewed, go home with a fresh vision, go home with a fresh illumination, go home with a fresh um, fire in our heart against the next year, 2022. We are going home with a, a bigger picture in our eyes. We thank you because you will help us. We have pray this and many more we could have prayed we trust that you had for us in jesus mighty name we have prayed amen all right it's good to see you guys thank you for the uh privilege to be here uh, i i thank the lord for the mercy that god has presented us always i the enemy um tried to afflict my body i'm a little bit um strong so I trust that you would pardon me to to take my words very slowly. I I wasn't sure I would make it, but when God plans a meeting, usually he doesn't plan it for so many people. And despite all the challenges that the devil may bring, God still has something he wants to do with our lives. Um, you will be shocked that in Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 1, you're not Jeremiah 15, was it? Jeremiah 5, verse 1. You would hear what the Lord uh, said. And I want you to read carefully. Long mm. through the streets of Jerusalem. And see now. And seek in the broad places if you can find a man, all right. Uh, when I read that scripture, I was amazed at what God was saying, even though that's not where we're picking our instruction from this day. But you realize God said, Run through a whole city. And if you can find one righteous man, one man that will execute judgment, one man that will follow me, one man that will do my will, I will spare the whole city of Jerusalem. And it is incredible that God usually, so many times, looks for a man. So I want to say to you that you are not here by accident. You are not here because it is a casual meeting of the Scripture Union youth. It is because the Lord, who is looking from heaven, has looked into your life and has found you and has brought you. I pray that the Lord would be gracious and that he would show mercy to his people in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that God's intention, God's plans... His purpose for this day would be established in your lives in the name of Jesus. Amen. How many of you remember there was a point where God said he is looking for a man? And even though that was not the, the subject that I had prepared, but please permit me to be 
following the lead of the Spirit of God, I perceive from Ezekiel 22 verse 30. I want us to quickly read, even though we are still going to look at what God has in mind for us. Or rather, we would follow God as he's carrying us. Verse 30. The edge. And stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found Now, God was looking earlier for a righteous man to spare whole city. You know, when I think about that scripture, I think about God wanting to destroy Lagos or Abuja or San Francisco or New York. And God says, if I could find testimony, because of testimony, I will not destroy that city. But you, re- you really realize that testimony must have had a very strong stature before God. He must have been a man standing continually before God, a man like Elijah. In First King chapter 17, we realize Elijah said, uh, King Hayab, there will be no rain or dew in this land. He said, before God, whom I stand. He was a man of standing before God. He was a man that stands before God. And before God could find a man, in Genesis chapter 18, God was going to destroy Sodom. And God said, no, we will not do this without informing Abraham because we know him. God said, I know Abraham. I will not do anything no matter how little, without informing who? Abraham. Because I know him, I trust him, that he will train his children, he will teach his children the ways of the Lord. I don't know why the Lord is bringing us into this. Uh, I don't know why the Lord seems to be reshaping or redirecting us the quality of the life of the man. The truth is that no man is greater than his devotional life. No man is actually greater than his prayer life. No man is greater than his standing before God. You see, that was why in that Genesis 18, you saw Abraham standing before God and saying, God, you are a just God. You are not going to destroy the righteous with the wicked. And he began to plead and bargain from 50 to about 10. He was holding the hands of God and said, God, I'm not going to let you go except you spare my my cousin, Lord, at least. And in that Ezekiel 22, 30, God said, I'm looking for a man who will hold the hand of heaven as it were, who will stand in the gap, who will put himself in the line that I may not destroy these people. In, in Exodus chapter 32, in Exodus 33, and in Exodus 34, we, we saw the intercessory life of a man called Moses. In fact, he went to the mountain for 40 days, he was with God. And God told Moses, he said, these people, they had sinned against me, and I'm going to wipe them away. And Moses said, blot my name out of your book, if that's what you will do. That was a man who turned the wrath of God and changed the mind of God. Even though God was going to destroy the people of Israel and make something out of Moses. <laughs> Moses said, Lord, if you do it, God will say it's because you can't take them. The, the Egyptians and all the nations will say, oh God, this their God cannot take them to the promised land. So he killed them. Our stature before God or the quality of our life before God will determine our position in changing our generations for God. Uh, I want to plead with you that even though this year is winding up, today is 19, uh, the 19th day of the month of December 2021, and this is the last meeting point for us, I want us to go into the next year knowing that we too can matter in the hand of God. We too can become indeed vessels in the hand of God. In such a way that when God is thinking about doing something in this land, God can come to you and hi and say, hey, there's something I want to do. 
I want to ask you, is it not a great privilege for God to come to man and tell him something? I think, I think it shows God humbling himself. Psalms 113, the Bible says, Who is like unto the Lord our God, who humbles himself to even be looking at what we are doing here? And for God to condescend to look down from heaven and to tell you something about your future or about your life, I want to tell you it is because of his mercy. May the Lord in his wisdom guide us through this pilgrimage in Jesus' name. So we are going to look at what the Lord had prepared for us as young people and as we are living this year into the year 2022. How many of you are excited about 2022? I, I, I want to tell you it's, it's a year full of so many opportunities. It is a year of divine visitation. It is a year when God himself will begin to take our lives and begin to move us. The Bible says the spirit of the Lord began to move Samson. Um, even though Samson ended up ruining his life, we trust that we will not ruin our own lives. Amen. We trust that by the grace of God, we will finish well and finish strong in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want someone to open his Bible to Psalms 110 verse 1 to 3. And we will be looking at a very simple, uh, not simple, uh, a very uh, enlightening word that the Lord, I perceive, had given us to speak about today. The dew of your youth. The, the topic is the dew of your youth. The dew of your youth. Psalm 100 verse 110 verse 1 to three, anyone who is there can read. The Lord said to my Lord, mm. Sit at my right hand till I make your enemy your footstool. Your footstool. The footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion, who in the midst of your enemy. Your people shall be volunteers. They will be volunteers. In the days of your power and in the beauty of holiness. From the womb of the morning, you have the dew of your youth. All right. This though, Psalms 110, verse 1 to 3. Now, you have read from NIV or New King JV. New King JV. All right. Now, the dew of your youth. I want to say earnestly that the freshness or how fresh a day would be or the morning would be is determined by the heaviness or the lightness of the dew. How many of you know what a dew is? Yes. That that moisture that settles very early in the morning and wets the ground. If there is no dew in the morning, what happens to that money? Or if there is a very little dew, it becomes the money becomes dry. Right? The money becomes dry. It is not a fresh day, as it were. So as you are going very early in the morning, 5 a.m., and everywhere is still dusty. <laughs> now, I want to say that the most fresh state of a man or your life is in your youth. As a youth, you are fresh. Do you know that the, the glory of a young man is that he is strong? In the days of his youth, he can do a lot of things. He has a lot of potentials. And that is why as a young person, the youth must be thoroughly engaged and maximized. It is important to know that all those who invested in their youth became something great in their future. Uh, I, I used to, well, I used to be a computer inclined person. I'm still a leader. Uh, and at the point I read that, how many of you know Bill Gates? Bill Gates, the, the founder of Microsoft, was, he is a very rich person. And Bill Gates said that one of the regrets, now he's a old man at the time I was reading, said one of his regrets is that he didn't have any vocation when he was a young man in his 20s. Those were the early years I believe he engaged his life in building Microsoft. You know, you use computer and you hear something called Windows. Is the guy that made Windows operating system or developed it. 
So in his youth, he engaged his life to do that thing. And today, everywhere in the world, I believe, there's no place where I don't think they are using Microsoft operating system. In fact, in the technology industry, Microsoft is one of the technological giants of the world. Very powerful, very rich. This young man, or this man, Bill Gates, engaged his youth in developing something. Before I continue, I want to tell you that if you don't engage your youth in a quality dimension or in a quality way, the carcass of your life will be seen in the future. That is the the emptiness of your life is what you get in your future. In the days of your youth, you can you can think, you can create, you can uh, propound theories, you can formulate ideas, you have sound intuitions. Some of you, maybe when you sleep, you just think about something and you just want to do something about it. I'll give you one example. I was somewhere recently. I, I am a young man. And because I love to solve problems. So everywhere I go and I see a problem, I try to solve it. So I was somewhere recently and I realized that what they are doing is not what they should be doing. And I went back home because I'm a young man. And I began to think for them what the solution should be to their problem. Now, did they pay me? No. But the intuition of a young man, the, the energy of a young man in me says, ah, how could they be doing this? This is a primitive uh, way of doing this thing. They can do it this way. They can, uh, they can, uh, they can uh, apply technology. They can use this means. They can use... And I went home and I began to research for them. You know what? It is because I'm a young man. You can imagine how many old people have gone to the same place. And because they are old, the things they are thinking about is different from the things I'm thinking about. Maybe when they went there, they are thinking about their children. They are thinking about their wives, their husbands, their job. So even if they see problem in their faces like this, the ability to create a solution becomes very difficult. Why? They are no longer young. And that is why the deal of a man's youth, the freshness of a man's youth, will determine his entire future. How you engage your youth, bro testimony, what's your name, sir? Bro Femi, how you engage your youth, if you engage your youth in watching film, that is what you get for your life. Let me tell you, we cannot become, you know, people just don't become anything anyhow. People pay prices, even in the world. To become something. I know a very young boy. And he was. Uh, he was very very serious boy. He lived with me at the time. And when he comes. He said oh let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do this. Let. And I want to tell you. That boy just kept on going after things. And you know what. Before that young boy even left the university. He got a well paid job from America. Now I'm telling you so that you can know that. Even though he's a Muslim boy. He engaged his youth. He would not sleep. He, he sleeps so little. He was a teenager at the time. Ah, let us do this. Let's do that. Let's build game. Let's do this. Let's do that. That's how he will be saying. The question is, with what are you engaging your youth? You also have the same youth now. The same opportunity he has. The same privilege he has. He made use of his youth. Permit me to talk more in the technology world. Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, when he made Facebook, he was a very young man. Uh, I recently I read I read a, a news from Harvard again. There's a I think the, the young man is a Chinese young man, and he did something called face tag. <laughs> of course, with your face, they could. Uh, it is a it's a it's a facial recognition. Um, um, app or solution and with your with your face it captures your face for for authentication and all those things and with your face some of the information you can share when i when i walk around erua or nigeria i see a lot of opportunity 
I see a lot of openings. Sometimes I want to jump on it because of the the energy of a youth. The same way when I when I realize the wasteness of young people in the world, I am following after them, I am pursuing them until God in his mercy bring them. You know I can do them, I can do that rather now when I am a young man. You see, the reason why I can come to this meeting today, as sick as I could have been, or as I was, is because God in his mercy has given me the due of my youth. I have maximized it, and I'm maximizing it, even though I am failing, but I'm trusting that I will do more. I want to tell you, there is nothing wrong in excellence. And the truth is that the world is waiting. The world is waiting to hear something from you. There are too many problems I see in the world today. And because the youth on the other side that the devil has raised are causing too much problem, everybody is in trouble. I want to pray for you young people that the Lord Jesus would give you the due of your youth. You will maximize this youth you will engage all of your potentials for Jesus in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to say that the greatest instrument in the hand of the devil are the youth. Ah, who are the Yahoo boys? Who are the Boko Harams? Who are the kidnappers? Who are the talk boys? You know, I, I walk among young people. And in, in Lagos, when I speak to them, and these young people will tell me I'm a Yahoo boy. So what? As it were. Uh, there's a boy who will say at least I did not plus it. Do you, you know the sense of shame is no longer there? The sense of wrongdoing is no longer there for them. It is an abnormal uh, generation that has normalized every abnormalities. An abnormal generation that says that you can do it and so what? Who will catch you? I want to ask you, if the devil is using young people, who do you think God would use? Old men? Do you realize that God's greatest army or armies or company of armies are young people? You know, when you look at men and women in the Bible, men like Joseph, like Daniel, and I know, I know there are studies on Joseph, right? There was a study you did on Joseph this year, right? Did you do, but you did a study on Daniel and Esther. Okay. How old were these young people? Were they old men? They were youth. So what kind of youth were they? What is the difference between them? Is it because they were Jews and you, you are, you're a black person or you're an African? You know the boy I spoke to you about is a Nigerian boy. <laughs> And he told me, he said, he said the company that hired him, the, their boss flew from America to where he was living to interview him. So the truth is that the Bible says, seest thou a man that is diligent in his business or in his career or in, in, if he's a preacher, if he's diligent in that which he's doing. The Bible says he will stand before kings and not ordinary men. Whether he's an American or, or Asian or Persian or Greek or anything or a black man like me and you. You see, there is no discrimination in excellence. <laughs> if you are the best, if you go to Harvard today, sorry, and you are the best in Harvard, they will not give another person. They will not say because you are a Nigerian. They will give their, their position to another person. Why? There is no discrimination in excellence. Don't forget that the young man Joseph was a foreigner where he was made a ruler. Because in him, just as Daniel and his friend Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, there was found something uncommon, something that is not found in the people of the land. And if it is found in you, you are the one that occupies the place. The Bible says that Daniel, Shadrach, of course, Daniel was ten times better than his contemporary, and he was a president of presidents. Why didn't they politicize this? Why didn't they say because he's a foreigner, he could not be ruler over all the presidents? Again, I want to establish to you that there is no discrimination in excellence. 
If you are excellent, you are excellent. And if you are a failure, whether you are an American failure, or you are a Nigerian failure, or you are a Polish failure, or you are a Chinese failure, I tell you, brothers, you are a failure. Maximizing your youth, engaging it, put your life in it, you won't die. If you realize that there is a course that is very difficult for you to understand, or maybe the way you your attention span, or the way you understand or comprehend is low, see to it, you won't die. The dew of your youth, it is the time of your freshness. In the hands of God, do you think God has, has abandoned a generation that he cannot raise another Daniel or another Joseph or another Esther? Is this generation drowning in hell and God does not have a solution? Has God stopped manufacturing or creating men of that caliber? What distinguished this man from us? What is it? They engaged God in the days of their youth. They put their lives into it. I'm now, I'm, I serve God now. But I remembered in the days of my, my, my career, or the days when I am building something as a young man, I remember all the, the attention, the, the kind of concentration, the kind of effort, the kind of energy I put into that thing. And I tell you, if I put the same effort into that thing in one year, I am, and under God, I believe so many people will be turned to Jesus. So you see that the fault is not in God, the fault is in us. I want to establish this to you young people that as a scripture union member, the reason why they are not, uh, you don't have young people filling this hall is because of you. God is not to be blamed. Does it mean there are no young people outside there? It is not only because of you, it is because of men like me also. How much time do I spend on my knees for scripture union and say, Lord, all these young people, draw them, draw them, draw them, don't let them drown into hell. How many of your friends have you invited for scripture in your meetings? How many of them have you preached to? How many have you prayed for? Oh, you, sorry. You basically say, oh, he's a Yahoo boy. Ah, he's going to die. Is it? Don't you know that Second Peter chapter 3 verse 9, is it 9 or 10? That God is not slack concerning any of his promises, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Verse 9. Now, God does not want anybody to perish. Why do you want them to perish, young people? Why are you so less concerned? But let me quickly rush on because of time. I want to tell you about young people that engaged God. Even They are not men in the Bible now. How many of you have heard about a man called George Muller? Okay, you, you may not know George Muller. John Wesley, okay, he was the one that founded the Methodist Church. You don't know Emika Michael Wilson. She was a missionary to India, and uh, she rescued temple uh, girls from temple prostitution. Alton Taylor, Charles Spurgeon, at least if you don't know them all, you know Joseph Ababalola. How old was he when he began to do that thing of 1930? The revival of 1930, was he a hood man when he began to, to move for God? So if he was not a hood man or an hood man, I think he was 24, I can't confirm, in 1930, I'm not sure. If he moved out for God, or God moved on him, whichever way, at that very age, what is wrong with my life and with your lives? We were told that uh, Bros. Podion, he was one of the finest preachers in the world, that uh, the world has ever known. In fact, they used to call him the Prince of Preachers. And uh, I think he began to preach in his teenage years. I think 17, between 17 and 19. And that man became one of the finest preachers in the history of preaching. <laughs> He's one of those great preachers the world has ever known. So the truth is that God has engaged some young people in their youth. Why not you and me? Why not? I want someone to, to read Lamentation 3.27. It is good for the man to bear the youth in his youth. It is good for a young man, a person to bear his yoke. It is good for a man to be focused. If you want to be a preacher, if you know that God is calling you to become a preacher, follow it, run after it, die for it. Some people have died for this gospel. There was a young man by the name of, um, uh, what was his name? Jim Elliot. 
it was a missionary to the native Indians in Ecuador, and they killed him there. But you know what? He wrote, a, he wrote a quote that says, it's not a fool who gives what he cannot keep to get what he cannot lose. After Jamelia died, you know what? God still visited the people that killed him through his wife, Elizabeth Elliot. So even if a man dies for the gospel, God knows a way of reaching the people who even killed that man and fulfill his counsel and promise. Of course, he died with some couple of other missionaries. You watch the, the documentary? Okay. What is wrong in dying? If you die in the will of God, you know one of the things I used to say is that as long as I am in the will of God for my life, if I die in the will of God, I know I have died properly. Is it not a good way to die? There is a book uh, called The Fox's um, Book of Christian Matters of this world that talked about how many Christians died in the time of persecution. It's a, you can search the internet and download it. It's a free book, I think. How many Christians were killed? Some of them were burnt on the stake. Some of them were fed to wild animals. Lions killed some of them. Some of them were, were roasted alive. You know, when I read that uh, book and I read the kind of medieval or some ancient weapon that they used to kill men. Brutality. Some of them, they get this big instrument and pull on their head and their skull fell, falls out. Their brains falls out. Men have paid ultimate price for this gospel. David Livingstone came from England to Africa. He paid an ultimate price. They died there, I believe. But without the, the effort of this missionary man, a man full of adventure, you know, Africa might be discovered later, but he was the one that actually showed the world that Af- Africa is not just full of apes and jungles and and animals. At a particular adventure, a lion came and, he, and wounded his hand, so he became handicapped. How many missionaries have died because they came to Africa and they were beaten by mosquitoes, they died of malaria or typhoid? Men and women left their comfort zone, they left their countries to come to Africa, to go to Asia. And what did they do there? They wasted their lives, but you know what? They burnt out for God. A life well spent for God. In the history of intercession, there was a man called David Brainard. He was an American man and he was a gem. He was a great man of prayer. Even though he had tuberculosis, he was dying. But this man died praying. And men like John Wesley took inspiration from the man called David Brainard. He died at about 28 years. But he was a mighty man of prayer. He was a mighty intercessor. He spent his life praying. Even though he had tuberculosis, he was coughing out blood, but he still went on praying until he died praying. I want to tell you, young people, men have paid prices for this gospel. Men have paid ultimate prices with their lives. You know, sometimes when I say to young people, I said, ah, they say this one is apostle, this one is prophet. Don't join them in that nonsense that they are doing. How many of you would like to die now? All right, you're afraid to die. All right. Don't you understand that every of the prophets read the Bible, they sacrifice their lives. Jeremiah was put in the dungeon. Zechariah was killed between the altar. Um, John the Baptist, six months they took off his head. When Jesus was crying over Jerusalem, he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you are the ones that killed the prophet, your mother the prophet, and your, you the children, you build their, their tomb or sepulchre. So if you have prophet Femi, don't worry, every prophet I know in the Bible, most of them ended up either in prison or, or they ended up being killed. So be ready for imprisonment or death. The seal or the hand of apostleship is death and imprisonment and in death. Look at, look at Acts chapter, Acts chapter 3. Where did they land them? Pentecost to prison. Acts of Apostle chapter 12 to the death of James. Is it not? The imprisonment of Peter. You know what? Um, this man, John the Beloved, the, the one that wrote the, the Gospel of John, it was the one that, uh, the trainer, According to, to history and tradition, they threw him in the hot oil and miraculously escaped and he was banished to the island of Patmos where he received the revelation, that book of revelation. Almost all the apostles were killed, including Peter, 
Peter was killed, the, the cross was put upside down, he was killed. The same way with Paul, Stephen, right? So the, the seal of apostleship or a prophet is imprisonment and death. So how many of you would like to be an apostle? If I call you apostle, in the real sense of it, apostle, femi, prophet, what, what testimony. <laughs> Does it mean that these offices were not good? Yes, they are good. You know, one of my challenges is that Nigeria is running into hell. This nation is drowning into the pit of hell. Do we not have a prophet who's going to go to the Astro Rock and say, Thus saith the Lord that Elijah went to meet here. Are there no prophets in the land? A prophet like Micaiah. A prophet like Nathan or Nathan that will go to David and say, You are the man. You took a man's wife. You killed the man. And then God says, There's judgment in your house. Who is going to talk to a wicked politician that the judgment of God is going to come upon their heads? Are there no prophet in the land? I don't think they are a major prophet. I don't think they are no prophet either. Alright, let's go back. I'm sorry I've taken uh, a lot of your time. I want to say a wasted youth is equivalent to a wasted life. Just, I, I hope you can take note of that. A wasted youth is equivalent to a wasted life. A youth not spent for God is a youth wasted by the devil. We cannot stand between two opinions. We must make a choice of our youth now, when we can. I think there was a time someone asked me to build a pornographic site. <laughs> you know, did you hear what I said? At a point, someone said I should build a website where people can be watching pornography. <laughs> All right. And the person told me, don't you know how much money you will make out of it? Do you know how many youth are currently sitting in front of a pornography on the internet, spend millions of, of, of American dollars and watching dirty films, naked pictures, naked girls, internet sex, rape, murder, pedophilia. Who is raping? Who is killing? Who is doing all these things? Are they not young people that the devil has taken advantage of their youth? I wish some of you would get a book by a man called um, David Wilkerson, The Cross and the Switchblade. Very beautiful book. The cross and the switchblade. Uh, I have a copy. It's not here. I think it should be in Lagos. The cross and the switchblade. Um, you may not be able to get it easily, but if you can, please get it and read. The cross and the switchblade. Switchblade. And he talked about the fact how our young people then in New York were courties. They were terrible young people. But you know what? Through that young man of God, God saved those young people in New York. Some of them were prostitutes. Some of them were terrible homosexuals. This world is a messed up world. It's a very messed up world. The devil is engaging young people in all kinds of lewdness. You know, there are, there are some things called a life cam. And you see young children dancing in front of camera. Excuse me. Not that they are dancing, they are seducing you. This one are just not dancing. They're children, they're not even. Why is the devil particular about their lives? Why does he want to ruin their lives? John chapter 10 verse 10, the Bible says, The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Thank God Jesus came to give us life. Abundant life. If the devil succeed over you as a young man, only the mercy of God can recover you. You know he succeeded over something as a young man. <laughs> the devil will not succeed over your life. The aim of this day's teaching is so that we can take the fight to the devil. And don't think the devil has some power somewhere. The Bible says all power in heaven and on earth has been given to who? Jesus. If they say all power, does it mean he's sharing the power with anybody? Every power belongs to Jesus. The devil has no right. He has no share in the power of Christ. Let me quickly rush. Um, and then I would love for us to, to quickly... Uh, uh, it's too much. Alright. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 1. Let me try and read that portion in, in easy Bible. In one of these translations. Let me see. Read the KJV. Remember now the favor in the days of David, why the evil days come 
I have no pleasure. Mm. I want to read it in a very simpler version. I want it said, while you are young, you should worship God. In your future years, you will say, I do not enjoy life any longer. I think that's easy. Let me read ERV. Easy to read version. Remember your creator while you are young, before the bad times come, before the years come when you say, I have wasted my life. You know, a man, a man who wastes his life did not just waste his life. He wastes his life as a young man. If you see a man whose life is finished or about to finish, he didn't just get, get, get finished as an old man. The devil finished the man when? As a young man, as a young girl or a young woman. I used to, to talk to young people on the street and, and there was a day I was talking to some young boys and a woman came and said, listen to him. She was telling them to listen to what I'm saying. And she began to, to recount how now she's regretting because the devil took advantage of her youth. Now she's married and she has a child. She cannot get over what the devil did to her when she was a young person. So it is, it is usually or sometimes, many times a permanent damage. If you allow the devil to damage your youth. I, I said that we are going to be taking the battle to the devil. And the Bible says that, that the earnest expectation of all creation awaits the manifestation of the sons of God, right? Do you know that in, 19, in the year 1904, there was a revival called the Welsh Revival? How many of you have heard about the Welsh Revival? It, it happened in, in a country called Wales in the United Kingdom. And God did not use an old man for the revival. Do you know who God used? A 26-year-old man. His name was Evan Robert. And we, we were told that this man had prayed for revival for 13 years. He had prayed, he had saved money for revival for 13 years. And when God was looking down from heaven, he looked at that young man and said, this is my man for revival. People just think God just select people anyhow. God picked Mary, number one, she was a virgin. Do you think God would have picked someone who is not a virgin? You know, I, I thought about it and say, imagine God took one of the street girls and he won't do that, he's holy. And then he, he took one of those street girls and said, oh, you carry Jesus. And then when the girl is pregnant and she goes about telling people, hey, I'm pregnant. There is someone in me called Jesus. One of the boyfriends said, no, 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 no. Come on, shut up. That's my pregnancy. That's my baby. Don't mind that. I slept with her last week. The reason why all young girls and young boys must keep their bodies pure. Don't allow anybody to despise your youth. Flee youthful lust. Don't let any girl ruin your body. Young men, cheap sex. Pornography, whatever you need to repent of today, please, that God is raising in your heart, that you need to cry to God that this is where the devil is defeating me in the days of my youth. Lord, save me. I hope you will put that at the back of your mind. God found a young man called Evan Robert and used him for a revival that shook the whole of Europe. It went across some Asian countries. I think I dare to say that he touched even me because when I read, I read about him many years ago. Not too long ago, and his life challenged me. The story of the revival provoked me to pray for revival, to desire revival, and to to want to be used by God for a revival. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. All right. Let me quickly rush. We are almost at the last segment. Uh, so the question now is, what kind of youth are you? Now I want you to to be sincere. There's no point coming every Sunday and wasting our time. You know, if I'm coming somewhere, it's because it's important. The day I realize that it's no, no longer important, I stay in my house. You won't, dra- you won't drag me from the house, will you? What kind of youth, what kind of scripture union youth are you? Who are you? What impact are you making in this community? We know you as a scripture union youth here. Is that the same way the boys knows you on the street? Are you not an hypocrite, a first-class hypocrite that is gentle here and when you reach your campus, you are something else? Is your heart right with God? Can God look down from heaven and say, testimony, or brother, testimony as it were, brother, me, and pick you for an exploit in this land? When God is making a search, is it not in front of pornography that God is finding you? Is it not finding you where you are talking and chatting with a girl and you are saying lewd things, dirty things? 
What kind of youth are you? Who are you? You know yourself. Sometimes, you know, many times I, I have come to a conclusion that there are two people a man cannot deceive. He can't deceive himself and he can't deceive God. He can deceive every other person. You know, if the way I'm talking like this and I'm shouting and I'm making noise, if I am an empty man, the devil knows how to expose me. If I'm, a, I'm an hypocrite, I'm a hypocrite and I have a double life, maybe I have some girls on the roll and then they come to my house through the back door and I come here and I'm shouting like this. You know, you know, it's not easy. I, I'm shouting and I'm, my, my, and it's, it's unfortunate that so many young people shout and they have a dirty life. I wonder why they are doing that. Why would I even decide to preach when my life is not correct? What is what is good about preaching? If I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I was talking with someone and spoke about the fact that one of the campus leaders, the previous campus leaders in one of, in, in this campus, was having a, an unholy relationship with their sister coordinator. Uh, maybe they are sleeping with each other. I didn't say it, but probably. And I, I, I concluded that if life begets life, if indeed my life is being transmitted to you, and I hope you know that what I'm speaking is life. Every word you are hearing from me is life. If I'm talking about prayer, if I have a correct prayer life, you are going to get some of it. If that man is a, a dirty, immoral man, what do you think is transmitting when he's preaching and shouting? Perversion. Immorality. And I would not be shocked if in that fellowship they are behaving very badly. If brothers are sleeping with girls and girls are sleeping over You know why? The preacher himself, if he's not holy, the rest cannot be holy. In fact, the, the scripture says, if the first fruit is holy, the rest of the bath is holy. Although God can still find a holy man in such a place that is not contaminated. The same way in this very polluted world, God found a Mary... Will God find you? I want us to read the last scripture and then we will raise a prayer burden. First Samuel chapter 17 verse 33. Yeah, 17 33. First Samuel 17 33. And Saul said to David, Of course. Mm. A youth. When I saw that scripture, David was a youth and he's going to fight a man who is a man of war from his youth. Do you understand that the men of this world, the devil trains his best in the days of their youth? You know, if you are going to, men like who's in boats, do you know how many years they've been practicing to run for an Olympic? Some of those people, they start practicing maybe as early as, I don't know, say five, six, seven, until they are 16, 17, and they kept on practicing for those many years. To participate in the Olympics. To win a medal that is corruptible according to that First uh, Corinthians chapter 9. What should you not do to win an incorruptible crown? I want to read First Corinthians 9 from 24. It said, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase. Don't you know that those which run in a race run whole, but only one receive a prize? So run that you may receive the prize. And every man that striveth for mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible thing, but we are incorruptible. 26. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly so fight I, not as one that beateth the head. But I keep my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. That's the 27 verse. As, an, as, a, as, a, as a, a man, as an athlete, you can't eat any out. You can't drink anyhow. I hope you know that. They can't party anyhow. <laughs> Why? They are getting trained. They're getting better. They want to get better. They know that if they do those things, it will affect their fitness. Goliath has been a man of war since his youth. And who did God take to fight that man of war from his youth? Another youth. Does it tell you something? That the whole problem of Nigeria and the whole problem of this world, God is waiting for young people to rise up that he may use them as his battle axe. So that he can use them as his weapons of war. 
if young people are, are terrorists and they are killing people, they don't care. In the year 2015, I had a friend served in Katstina, and then uh, at the time when we talk, uh, she spoke about the Almajiri kids. And now that when they throw food that are even spoiled, those children will run and eat those dirty food. Food that is already rotten and spoiled. The Almajiris. And years later, down the line, now I believe the Almajiris are the, the Boko Arams of today. They are, they are, they are children in the north, uh, that, are, they don't have education, they don't have anything. It's like they are just abandoned as it were. These are the possible Boko Arams today. These are the possible ex-men today. These are the possible kidnappers today. Why? Someone probably give that boy food and gone. Say, I give you food, you take gun and kill. It is not about survival. Imagine you are the one that went there first and reached that young person before the Boko Haram captured that person. And you preach gospel, you give that person food. I don't like to talk about the church, but I think we are underperforming. <laughs> I think we can do more, and we are doing so less. Ah, <sighs> What kind of youth are you? What kind of person do you want to be in God's hand? What kind of instrument can you be in God's hand? Now that you are young and you have so much potential, so much energy, you know, if me and you decide to run, we know who's going to win. You know, you guys would have run and run and me, I'll be, even the little I, I'm going to do, I'll be, <laughs> as if I've done anything. Now that you are young, brought testimony. Now that you are young, prophet me, what are you going to do with your life? Are you going to stand for God in a time when the church is dying or rather sleeping and our world is keeping into hell? Who is going to stand in the gap and pray the God of revival to send his blessings? Who is going to hold God and say, Lord, Lord, please, my community should not go to hell. Who will pray to God and say, God, all these young people, bring them to scripture union. Who is going to pray and pray and pray, Lord, save this person, save my brother, save my sister, save, save, save. Who is that excellent young man that will be like Daniel, Joseph, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, who will stand for God in the place of authority and power, and they will begin to make law in the nation. What kind of youth are you? How are you engaging the due of your youth? How are you maximizing your youth? Where are you failing? Tell God now. This is our prayer burden. Lord, where am I failing? What am I doing so wrong? Lord, please help me. Lord, please help me. What kind of mess is in my life? Whatever mess is in your life. Let me tell you, if you are still watching pornography, God can do nothing with your life. The devil will capture you and ruin your life. The Bible says in Psalm 7 verse 11 that God judges the righteous and God is hungry with the sinners every day. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. Proverbs 28 verse 13. But whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. If you would confess them today. If you would come and say, Jesus, I come as I am. No longer will the enemy take advantage of my youth. This is the prayer of prayer we are raising. This is the body. No longer will the enemy take the land while I'm still here. No longer will Nigeria drown in hell. This nation is going to hell. And there is, there is not one man who will stand in the gap. What a failure. That God is looking for a young man, a young person. A person who will say, God, you'd rather kill me or, or save Nigeria. God is waiting for you to respond to him, to say, Lord, here am I, send me. Lord, here am I, purify my life. I want to tell you that God cannot do anything with your life if it is dirty. 
The Bible told us when, when there was the day where they were going to ordain David as a king, even though they, they performed what we call emergency consecration and sanctification for his brothers, God could not do anything with them because they were dirty at heart. And the Bible says in Psalms 24, We shall ascend unto the hills of the Lord, and we shall stand upon his holy mount. He that has a clean hands and a pure heart. Is your hands clean? Is your heart pure? Do you not lift up your soul unto vanity? Do you not swear deceitfully? Is something saying, Lord, show me mercy today. Make me an instrument in your hands, Lord. Make me a sharp threshing instrument having teeth in your hand. Thresh, with me thresh mountains. Thresh nations, Lord. Help my life. Is there something you need to confess to God and say, Lord, here am I, here am I, here am I. This is the matter. For you it could be pornography, for you it could be immorality, for you it could be, it could be lying and all those dirty things. The Bible says anyone that is born again does not commit sin because the seed of God is in him. He cannot sin because he's born again of the spirit of God. First John chapter 3 verse 9. Can you please plead with the Lord tonight? That the Lord would, would please show you mercy. Look down from heaven. Show me mercy. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, unto thee. Take my moments and my days. Let it flow with ceaseless praise. Take my heart, take my will and let it be yours. It will no longer be my own. Tell the Lord, take my will. If God had used Joseph Ayobabalola here in Africa, Nigeria, if God had found a man called Evan Robert in Wales, if God found John Wesley, Michael Wilson, uh, Artin Taylor, and, and all these great men, these great saints, God can find you and high. I perceive God is looking down saying, who shall we send and who will go for us? Will your answer be, here am I, send me? But then your heart must be pure, you must be purified. You must not, you must not be with sin. God can do nothing with a sinner. God can do absolutely nothing with a sinner. God cannot do anything with a man with sin. I tell you, God can do nothing with a sinner. And that is why if you are backslidden or you are not in grace or you have not even been saved before, you are not sure that you are born again of the Spirit. This is why you would cry to God and say, Jesus, save me. Take my life and save me. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to ruin my life. I want to be an instrument in your hands. I want to be a vessel unto honor in your hands. In your hands, I want to matter. I want my life to count. I want you to use me for your glory, Lord. I want you to use me for your glory, Lord. Lord, I want you to use me for your glory. I want my life to matter, to matter, to matter in your hands. I want my life to count. The songwriter says, the rock of ages cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and thy blood from thy wounded side which flow be of sin, double cure. Cure me of all infirmity, cure me of all sins. Purify my life, make me whole. I want to come out of this place a free man. I want to be free from all those dirty things, all those nonsense that have held me bound. I don't want to be bound by sin. I don't want to be bound by the devil. I don't want to be bound by the corruptions of this world. I don't want to be bound by lust. I don't want to be bound anymore. Ah, plead the blood of Jesus. Some of you don't understand that there is power in the blood of Jesus. Revelation chapter 12 verse 11 and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony they love not their lives unto death. Plead the blood of Jesus. Not by the blood of bulls and goats but by the blood of Jesus. It is by the blood of Jesus. Christ died for us. We must assess him by the blood. We must assess him by the blood. Let's plead the blood. Let the blood avail for me. Lord, please let the blood avail for me. I want you to remember today as a day when you met with God and God shot you forth into the heart of this, of this world and made you a, a, an instrument in his hands to shake this generation, to move the land, to destroy the stronghold of the enemy. That your life did not remain as you came. That something happened to you. 
that there is a transformation. There is there is a touch from heaven. Ah. This day will not go by. This is the last day. God reserved the best for the last. There is always the best for the last. The Bible told us in the book of John, John chapter 2, even though in the order of men, the best wine is served first, but in the order of God, the best wine is served last. God is still doing something in this generation. God is still about to move in this time. God is still going to move in this land. If he can't find the elders, why not you as a young man? We have seen that as a young person, God is looking for you. God is looking for a young man, a young man, a young man. The dew of your youth must be engaged. The freshness of your life. Whatever you need to, to settle with God, just settle it with him. Don't, don't hide anything. Don't, ah, Lord, my whole life, make it count in your hands. Make this life count in your hands. Oh, make this life count, Lord. I want these bodies to be raised in your heart. As you are living here, you are living knowing that God is going to start something new with your life. Your prayer life is going to take a new dimension. Your study will take a new dimension. There's going to be excellence poured from heaven into you. You are going to be excellent in academics. You are going to be excellent in career. No longer will they be using that to pull you. They, they, they won't be pushing you to the back and saying, no, 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 that boy, that boy is not worth it. You will have the unction of the Holy One and you will know all things. The excellent spirit of God will begin to, to operate upon your life. No more will the enemy stand upon your head. No more will the devil and sin march you on the head. Sin will no longer dominate your life. Now you will begin to set men free from the bondage and the captivity of the devil. Now you begin to free men. The lawful captive shall be delivered by your prayer, the prayer of the saints. Please pray, brethren. Your life must count. This generation must not go by without hearing of some of the good things that God will do with your lives. I've told you God has brought you here to change. I mean, it's, it's not an accident to, to, to affect your heart as it were. God, please do something with these young people. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. I don't know if any one of you have some, some serious matters you feel that God is confronting you with. And you would need further counseling. I would like you to see the missionary. I, I perceive he's around now. And talk to him and, and see how those matters can be dealt with. How, how God in his mercy will pull you out if you are bound by anything. I believe the power in the name of Jesus sets free. And the Lord will use our dear brother and, and father to, to help in the name of Jesus. In conclusion, can we trust the Lord that in the year 2022 that the Lord will move in the land. That the Lord will move in the land. He will move through us. We are thankful to God for all he has done for this year for us. But 2022 will be a better year for Scripture Union in Rua. It will be a better year for you. For you. For you personally. For me. It will be the best year ever. We will have personal revival. We will have corporate revival. We will have revival in our churches. We will have revival in our schools. We will have revival everywhere. There's going to be move of God, a, 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 a great move of God. The heart of the young people will begin to burn. There's going to be a revival among us. There's going to be a revival in this, in this union. God will do something. The Lord will do something. The Lord will do something. 2022 will not go by. God will do something. The Lord will do something. From the beginning of the year, it's going to be a year of remobilization, a year of reconvening, a year of resharpening, a year of, of sharp vision. None of us will be found wanting in what God will do in 2022. Thank you, Father. Can we bless the Lord because he will do much more. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I'm going to say a short prayer then. Uh, dear brother would, would round up uh, and pray for us. Lord, it is not a mistake that you have brought these young people here. This is the deal of their youth. This is the freshness of their lives. This is the best time of opportunity that they have. And Lord, they have come today. Just as you captured me as a young man, and you will not let me go. Just as you put your hand upon my life, and you, it seems as if you are tracking me up and down, and you will not just let me misbehave. Tonight, Lord, I'm asking you, Lord, that that same invisible hand, 
the same hand that was moving Moses, that was moving Samson, the same hand that was moving brothers like Daniel, will begin to move these lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we thank you. As we venture into 2022, and we expect an outpouring of your blessing, may we all be partakers in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, usually I would pray that everything that you have given me, because of mercy, not because I have worked for it, in any of this heart that is prepared to work with you, to follow you, to go all the way with you, all the gift that you gave me just because of mercy, Lord, I ask that you will please transfer it to them also, in the name of Amen. Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen.